Hello and welcome to the Boot Room Podcast. Before I bring the two ravishing looking lads in, uh, I just want to do a special shout out to a friend of myself and Jimmy's, um, our good friend Dave. He's gone through a, an operation over the weekend. So we just wanted to start the podcast by saying, Dave, I hope you keep him well, mate. I'm sure you'll be back on your feet in no time. Sending lots of love uh, from me and the lads. Jimmy, Tank, how are we lads? You well? Very well, thanks, yeah, mate. Very well, mate. And get well soon, Dave. Good man, Jim. Good man. Uh, lads, there was a lot of football at the weekend. There was a lot of talking points. We always tend to start with Liverpool. I'm very aware that me and Tank are big Liverpool fans. I try to be as non-rose-tinted glasses as I can. Uh, Tank doesn't. <laughs> Do you, Tank? I think it's fair to say we are no. Liverpool through and through. Uh, Jimmy is going to be the voice of reason today. So you've got the unenviable task of that, Jim. How are you feeling mate. about that, mate? Mate, not the best, to be fair. I, did, I just tweeted <laughs> earlier, coming on with you two. Uh, I'm just going to be throwing bombs in left, right and centre. I love it, mate. Uh, uh, the Simon Cowell of the Boot Room podcast, Jim, <laughs> yeah. yeah? Just, Piers Morgan's just saying things just to be an idiot. Yeah, I love it, I love it. Uh, now, we will start with the cup final because, um, obviously, it was, a, it was a massive game um, in, in what's turning out to be a massive season and for Liverpool. It was a massive game for Chelsea off the back of the Carabao Cup disappointment. Um, Tank, I'll come to you first because, you know, as it was the 150th anniversary of the FA Cup, um, you know, you've both played in this competition as players. What has the FA Cup meant to you over the years, Tank? I know if you're anything like me, growing up watching it as a kid was a, was a particular highlight. No, I used to love the FA Cup. I mean, I think it's lost a bit of its thing at the minute because the way the Premier League and the Champions League, but I mean, I absolutely, I loved playing it. It always seemed to fall on my bed even as a player as well, so I loved it. Um, but yeah, I think the last, say the last three, three or four years, it's starting to get a little bit of its glam back for me. I'd agree with that. Do you think that's down to clubs? Obviously, now it, it seems like big clubs are nearly prioritising it. Obviously, you'll have the, the big boys who can field two squads, but you're still getting to see top world class players playing in the in the in the tournament, which is ultimately what paying fans want to see. Yeah, I. I, I... For me, it's kind of like, and this is not like, as you know, to be talking about the Liverpool and Man City, but you like the likes of your Chelsea because the league is that Liverpool and Man City are so far ahead of other teams in the league that I think the FA Cup's now becoming like, you know, your Man United's and uh, your Chelsea's. It's kind of like a focal point to a chance to win a trophy. That's just, you know, and that's sad to say, that's not Liverpool goggles on, but Liverpool and City are so far ahead in the league that big clubs must be now saying, well, the FA Cup is like, it's kind of a priority now. And I just think, I think the last three or four years, it's it's got its mojo back the FA Cup. Was there a particular game that stood out for you, Tank, that you enjoyed? This season or the FA uh, in, in all? No, in, as, a, as a player, is there any particular memories that you've got that you look back and think, yeah, that was a, that was a good one? I always loved the, the cup fan, even as a kid, you know, when Rush smashed the cameras, uh, chested against Devon, it's always, it's just like... It's always stuck with me. I just love that game. He smashes the camera. And you actually don't actually know whether the cameras fall over. That's the only thing that's always bothered me. <laughs> the, the, the wonderful world of Tank's mind and how it works. <laughs> Jim, uh, I suppose our, our experiences of players in the FA Cup has, has, has probably been a little bit different. Um, yeah. it, it nearly felt, I suppose, as, as semi-pro players, a whole season yeah. based around a good cup run for the, I suppose, the sustainability of a club. What's the what's the tournament meant to you over over the years as, as both a fan and a, and a player? 
Yeah, I mean, it's like like Tank says, I think it, it lost its mojo, didn't it, around the mid-2000s, 2010, and I, and I agree that it's definitely coming back. And, you know, seeing non-league clubs thrive, in it, and I only made it to the first round and never got off the bench. So, you know, I played in the prelims, but never in the first round proper. But, um, you know, when you're seeing people like Kidderminster Harriers coming up against West Ham this season um, and losing on the last kick of the game in extra time, they're the games that I think have given it a mojo back and actually probably dies down more towards the final. I think once the big clubs are back the in The usual it, suspects are still in, in there. Yeah, 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 your Chelsea's, your Liverpool's, your Man City's. But when I think a lower-rated team gets to the semi-finals final, I think, I think there's that FA Cup story that people grab onto, don't they? And and it and it has that um, and it Magic. has that emphasis back on it, yeah, definitely. So, but yeah, from a from a non-league point of view, getting to the first round is is big prize money. You know, you're talking uh, millions if they get on telly, um, especially if they can get through to the third round and get someone. So yeah, it's 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 still a brilliant competition, and I'd put the League Cup in there as well, Alan. Now, to be fair, with you know clubs wanting to win that because. Premier League's pretty much sewn up between Liverpool and Man City each year now. And I can't believe it's been 12 years since Liverpool won the FA Cup. That's mad stuff. Oh, he started already. There you go. A little bit of needle, Jim. I like it. No, no, I'm, like no it. I'm not saying that. But that's, that, no, surely, that's, a, that's, a, that's a long time for a club like Liverpool to have gone without the FA Cup. I didn't even know that until I heard him say it. That's, that's crazy for me. Yeah, it, it, to be honest, like you know, if you if you take a step back, I think it's probably been a a, a, co um, a consequence of Liverpool not being able to compete on all fronts. They've not had a squad to be able to do it, and Klopp has nearly had to prioritise league and and Champions League. And I, I'd say if you ask him after this season, given how his players are dropping like flies at the moment, I'm not sure he'll I'm not sure he'll go after all four again. But Tank, in terms of the game itself, you know, given. The volume of games that both clubs have played, because you forget Chelsea have, have obviously got deep in, in, in all of the cup competitions that they've entered. They had the World Club Cup, if my memory serves me right, that they had to navigate as well. You know, Liverpool are, are fighting on four fronts still. Um, you know, the volume of games, you know, and to, to play a game of this magnitude and then it go into extra time. I have to say, over the 90 minutes, I would say, I was really impressed with the standard that both teams were able to roll out. This, this luckily, as you say, Chelsea's Chelsea's probably played more games than Liverpool this season when you consider where they've been. But the the only thing with Liverpool is every game is a must win a must win game for Liverpool. Like you, you know, the, the city in Liverpool of the standards are that high. Like a draw is an absolute disaster. Where you know Chelsea can kind of rotate. They're not going to win the league. They're kind of done and dusted for top four. But you you, you kind of like do forget how many games they have played as well. Chelsea had a tough hole. I think Chelsea squad's outstanding as well. By the way. You know they should be they should be a lot closer to City and Liverpool for me for the squad the money they've spent. I mean, you look at their bench, you think Jesus. Well, some of the players they've got, especially in the attacking areas, it's absolutely phenomenal. But um, yeah, as as a game, was it ever going to be any different to the Carabao Cup? Really, it was always going to be tight, intense. You know, I just feel me, and this is watching Liverpool in the cup and in the uh, the game against Tottenham as well. I think Liverpool players are looking really tired at the minute, and I think it's kind of shit or bust for the first thirty minutes. It's like all out attack, they're everywhere, they're closing down, they're hunting in packs, and if they don't score that early goal, it's kind of like we might have to sit back and absorb it and just try and pick a win somewhere. Um, I do think the season's taken its toll on Liverpool. Would you agree, Jim? How did you get a read on the game? I'll be deadly honest with you, mate. I was bored. Really? 
Yeah, I was really bored. I was bored watching it. I think Tank just hit the nail on the head there. For the first 15 minutes, I think it was frantic. And then and then I think both teams, I think the sun didn't help. You know, it's, it was it was a hot day. Um, and then... Sounded and like Jurgen Klopp here, Jim, talking <laughs> about the weather. I, I, I know, but to be fair though, mate, when you, you, you know, I get that players grow up in different climates, but when you're used to playing in the cold and rain and then one day the, the sun's out and you're in it, it affects you. We've all played in it, and I, I hate playing in the sun. I'd play in the wet and wind all day, as opposed to sun. So I think that affected the game. But up until from 15 minutes till, you know, maybe I mean, you had a couple of chances. Trent should have scored. Robertson should have scored. Sorry. Other than that, I, I was bored. Yeah. I, I thought it was a poor game. I did I, from a neutral point of view. I wasn't invested in it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's, it's a strange one because I suppose when, when you're emotionally attached to a game, you probably get a different read on it. And I kind of felt yeah. maybe, like you said, first 15 minutes, I think Luis Diaz, you know, we're big fans of him on this podcast. He he looked really dangerous, um, you know, and, and Liverpool, like Tang said, looked to blow Chelsea away. But then once they realised that wasn't going to happen, I think Chelsea looked quite dangerous. Um, they, they clearly looked to go long diagonally and try and double up on, on Liverpool's fullbacks on, on, on the breakaway, which I thought worked quite well for them. And then when you get to, it nearly felt like Liverpool had tried to go all in to get the win in the 90 and and they could have done towards the end. And then as soon as we got into extra time, it just felt like all the, the players' legs fell off. And and Tank, you know, from from a spectacle point of view, like Jim's watching it there as, you know, as a, a, an albeit neutral and he's you know, pretty much said that he's he's bored there watching the game. Are we reaching that point where we're flogging players to the point where they've got very little left in the tank, that the actual spectacle itself is suffering? I do, yeah. I mean, I, I watched the Jürgen Klopp's interview today and he, he's, you know, he's bang on and he's, he gets a little bit of criticism from other managers, but he was saying today he's the only one who's like actually using common sense here. He's like, why are we playing Tuesday? Why are we playing Tuesday after the cup final with 120 minutes penalties? We don't get back to Liverpool until God knows what time. You've had one training session and you've got a game today, uh, tomorrow, sorry. And he was like, where's the common sense of where we just go, I'll tell you what, we play on Thursday. He was like, I'd rather give the players that extra two days rest, play Thursday, and then get ready for the game Sunday for the last game of the season. And we've spoken this on the last podcast, Jamie, or two podcasts ago, where we're kind of like, we're, we're downgrading the the product just so we get more football on the television. You know, it's like how many games? Um, yeah, we're, we're trying to get like you've got Arsenal on the telly tonight. Then you've got Liverpool. Then there's games Wednesday, and it's like these broadcasters are like, let's get as many games on the telly as we possibly can to get as much subscriptions in as we possibly can, and like kind of fuck the players. I mean, the last the last ten minutes of that extra time. I actually felt sorry for the it's like an over thirty fives game. <laughs> oh, mate! I, listen, you, you were like there was a, a stage. I can't remember who it was. It was a Liverpool player who was running for the ball. I was like, he's absolutely. He, he can't even raise his legs to go and get the ball to the throwing. Yeah, you're like they're, they're out on the feet, and then we're, we're asking Liverpool now to go. And this is nothing to do with Liverpool. City's gone through the same, and Chelsea. We're asking Liverpool now to go away to Southampton, which is a long way from Liverpool, to win a game, and you know. Us fans would be sitting there and they'd be like, well, Liverpool were rubbish tonight, weren't they? Well, yeah. they're, they're dead on the feet. Yeah. Is it any wonder? I want to I want to touch on something. that There was an interesting debate today, probably born out of the fact that, you know, Chelsea have, have been 
albeit lucky, maybe uh, unlucky. Sorry, I should say over over the two uh, the two cup finals in that there wasn't much to separate the teams over a long period of time, and they've been on the, the I suppose the receiving end of two penalty defeats. When it comes to the lottery of pens, Jim, you know you've got to feel for Chelsea. Or do you think that this, I mean, there's, there's news breaking at the moment that Liverpool have been doing a lot of work with a company called Euro 11, which is looking at, I suppose, the psychological side of, yeah. of penalties. And this has been something that they've been, been working on for a while. It, it seems to me like Liverpool are prepared to go that extra yard in terms of looking for those marginal gains. I think they employed a throwing coach, with throwing pe- which coach, people yeah. look to, to, to mock. Liverpool have been working, obviously, with this external company on penalties. Where do you stand on the lottery of penalties? Do you think shootouts are more about skill? Could it be this element of strategy that Liverpool have looked to to adopt? Do you think it's mentality? Look, where do you kind of sit on that spectrum? Uh, I mean, it's it's a difficult one. I, I, obviously, you would aim towards more skill because in the same with anything, with repetition, 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 it becomes second nature. So if I'm a premiership player and I know I'm going to take penalties I'd want to take 100 and I'd want to take it in the same spot and exactly the same way just to get my body used to hitting that penalty and then in the match I would just pick that spot no matter what and do exactly the same now I've made that choice if the keeper saves it you know he's guessed the right way that's the luck part coming into it isn't it from a from a goalkeeper point of view but from a taker's point of view I think if you have that repetition of having to know where you practice to get them penalties, then it should just become second nature. And that's where you would assume the more skilled penalty takers practice more as opposed to the ones who don't take penalties and then have to come in six, seven, eight, and they're the ones that you usually miss. Hence, Kepper, League, Cup, you know, not a penalty taker, blast it over. So I'll be aiming for more skill, but I think luck comes apart from a goalkeeping save point of view. It's funny, when you were saying that about the practice, the repetition, I just kept thinking, Harry Kane, when I see him take a penalty, you can just see that that is practised, practised, pra- like the, the connection, He's he, there's a little bit of variety. He's always hitting the side netting as well. So like you yeah. said, Jim, even if the keeper guesses the right way, it actually doesn't matter because he trusts his matter. connection with the ball that yeah, much. Yeah, and he's probably hit that penalty 100, 200 times and he just knows that where, he, you know, from the from the start of his run-up, he knows his little stutters, he knows where his foot's going to land, he knows exactly where he's going to hit that ball and he knows exactly where it's going to be. And that doesn't mean that every single penalty goes the same way because the, the keeper would just stand there. But when you come in, when you come into that time, you know he'll practice one way, he'll practice the other way. So then he can change his mind at that point. But it's at that point that he needs to make his mind up and stick to it. Because when you decide to change, that is when all all bets are out the window. Trust <laughs> Tank, me. Have you have you ever been in in one of those situations where, like, have you took a a penalty in a in a packed stadium that was in a shootout or like? I'm just trying to get a sense, I suppose, of of the pressure because even if you're playing in front of the dog and duck, you know, and you've got to make that walk, you still, it's still pressure. You know, you still don't want to miss, but I'm guessing it's magnified, you know, a hundred times over when you're 30,000, 50,000 people screaming. Yeah. I missed one actually against Doncaster in the league cup mm-hmm. um, for Forest. Yeah. We were playing. And was I, it in a it shootout was, or in a, in a no, game? I was in a, no, I was in a shootout. 
Yeah. And Ali Bassett, Ali Bassett, like I was only a kid, so obviously I played all the games. So we rested all of the senior plays for because we were going for the league title to get promoted back to the Premier League. So we played Doncaster on a Tuesday night, like full out, um, and we rested a lot of plays. Um, yeah, and I, I, I one poster went across the line and hit the other post and missed it. It's just oh, a horrible, yeah. and the press, the press is horrible. Oh. But just talking about like penalties, I play with Pierre Van Oudonk and. You talk about repetition, repetition. There's free kicks and there's penalties. Every day after training, he'd have two bags of balls and he'd just hit free kicks into an empty net. And his penalties were just it does you could have three goalkeepers in, in and they couldn't get if when he connection and got it right, you could not save one of Pierre Van Oudonk's penalties. And I thought Harry Redknapp's penalty against Bernie the other day was just like it was one of them. For me, it was like it it doesn't matter who's in goal. It's like you are not saving that penalty under no, no circumstances. Came out of retirement, mate. Sadie Redknapp, Addy Kane, Addy Kane, Addy Kane, Addy Kane's penalty against Burnley the other day was just like I, I was sat here and I was like, fucking hell, you know, that's not them, do you? No, it, it's like because it's on the floor as well, it's right in the corner, and it, it, the pace and the power you're like, you know, that that's not by accident, that, that's just not luck, that is repetition, that's practice to make it yeah. perfect. Yeah, it, it, when you when you say there about uh, Van Hooydonk, would he he wouldn't change then in the game? You you know what I mean? He, it would be the same approach. Do you know what I mean? Nothing nothing would change. No, Pierre just like he's a typical Dutch fella. Pierre like he's got so much confidence and like bordering on arrogance. Yeah, but I mean that season for us, you think he scored about thirty four goals, and you know we used to get a free kick thirty yards out, and we would like yeah, he'll score now. Yeah, it's yeah, and honestly, I'd say from. Long distance free kick, six out of ten. They were goals. He just had, but his penalties were just absolutely ridiculous. There's no chance you could save them. There was a there was another topic that's been causing a little bit of a stare online, and I could see it coming a mile off. And I'm going to stay with you just on this one, Tank, with the, obviously the Liverpool connection. Um, the national anthem. It's been getting a fair bit of bit of headlines. Um, Liverpool. This is not something new for Liverpool fans in in booing the national anthem. I have my own interpretation of it, which I'm, I'm happy to give in a minute. Um, it's caused quite the reaction um, from the the national press or the fans, um, and you know they're, they're condemning Liverpool fans. They don't understand it. Um, Jurgen Klopp had to answer some questions on it today in his press conference and, and I, I appreciated his response where he said well maybe you have to ask why are they doing that that's the question you need to, to, to answer or to certainly ask where, where do you stand on this tank as a, as a proud Liverpool it goes back to you know everyone knows where it goes back to the history and you know any Liverpool fan or Liverpool person has grievances with the government and what, what goes on and the, the national anthems and all that so um I've never, I've never booed it, but I'm a bothered about Liverpool fans booing it. Not really, no. It is what it is. People don't understand what's been going on in the past and previous years, long, long, long times ago. So, you know, I'm not into the. I, I can't stand politics. I got banned for calling Boris Johnson <laughs> a cunt because he is a cunt. And <laughs> my political views are: if Liverpool fans really want to boo the national anthem, get over it. 
Yeah. And I suppose for, for those that, that don't understand, I guess, you know, Liverpool have a long running kind of dispute, I guess, more with the establishments, I think is, yeah. is fair to say, you know, yeah. they, they feel like they've been repeatedly let down as a city. Uh, it's fundamentally, I think it's fair to say a socialist city. So the idea of royals in, in their existence probably doesn't sit particularly right. Neither does God save the queen as a, as a, a national anthem. But then when you think of the other side of it, where, you know, across the, the the country, Liverpool has been mocked openly by other people, by other fans, um, for poverty, for Hillsborough. That you know, that there's been peddled lies of that tragedy, which have been, I suppose, made up as part of an establishment cover up. You know, for for that tragedy. I think it's fair game that Liverpool fans don't feel particularly connected to the wider country. Um, and let's be honest, the wider country left Liverpool for dead as part of the word managed decline. So they very much see themselves as as separate and, and certainly don't resonate towards, I suppose, that banner of being English and, 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 and the Queen. I suppose, Jim, this is where you come in with your neutral hat yeah. on. And it's it a hard one for me. I, I was going to say and go like, "Oh, they were wrong," because they weren't wrong. Whatever you feel is what you feel, and and I can't tell you whether that's right or wrong. And you know, I've, I'm I'm very much with Tank on on this government, and um, you know, I'm very much a, a, a product of a working class family who's who's done all right for himself. But you know, I I I, I you know I'm a I'm a Labour voter. I'm happy to say that on the podcast. I'm I'm not a, a fan of the Conservative government. I mean, if you'd have casually dropped family? in there that you were a conservative, that would be. <laughs> How long have I known you? Yeah, you yeah. just dropped that in. To be fair, yeah. you look a bit like a conservative. And, uh, being honest, Tory boy and all that. Tory yeah, yeah, boy, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not, mate. Far from it. But, um, but my, back to the national anthem, like I can understand why they boo it and I could understand where they're coming from. Have I got anything against the Queen? No, not really. You know, I, you know, should she be there? Probably not. But you know, it doesn't affect me in any way. Um, so you know, would I? Would I have done it? I wouldn't have booed the national anthem. I wouldn't, but I wouldn't have sang it. So you know, it's 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 anyone's personal choice, and I'm never here to say whether someone should or shouldn't do what they feel is right because that's what they felt at the time. Um, that's by the way we we navigated that one particularly well <laughs> considering that yeah. was a minefield and when tank turned around and went you know my political views are and i was like oh yeah. jesus christ yeah. where is this one going here i actually i've actually taken that down but yeah i i, I actually like the queen i think the old girls you know she makes me laugh but she's she's a good old girl i can't stand <laughs> the government and stuff like that oh, i yeah, think this yeah. conservative government is the most corrupt government on the planet i mean how can you have a prime minister who's actually broke the law for the first time in the history of politics, yeah, he's still swan songing away, I'll bojo. But let's not get into politics. Yeah, it's a football doing, podcast. Yeah, we, were, we were doing well, lads. We were, we were doing well. Yeah, so, we'll be on marriage next, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> agony, it comes, becomes oh, an yeah. agony and <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, well, on fair, fact, to, I mean, I appreciate that, but I want to bring some back to the penalties. Because I got out of the shower today and I was thinking, bloody hell, penalties is old, you know, that's an old tradition. Do you think they could ever change the way penalties are done? Like, I know you have you ever seen the ones where they run from the halfway line after yeah. the key? Oh, in America, there? they look the America yeah, one. I, yeah, but you know, is there anything that you could think where you go, are penalties redundant anymore? Could you think, is there anything where, you know, anyone listening to this podcast, could they suggest a way to 
end a match other than penalties or a variation of penalties that, that might be different to to what is normal. Well, he tried that golden goal, didn't he? In, was that in the World Cup he tried that? Is that in extra time goal and goal? Yeah, like the golden yeah, goal. He tried that, yeah, didn't he? So, and they were, they were hoping that teams were going to like come out and try and score. Yeah. But it, it, actually, it actually had the opposite yeah, effect. Because teams were like, well, I'm not going to try and score because if they score, it's over. So it had the opposite yeah. effect. So yeah. I'm not too sure there's a, a way. I mean, I, I'm a fan of penalties. I don't know. You just kind of accustomed to but I don't really know what other way you could... You, you could do saying, it. Like, yeah, well, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? some way. Like, I mean, we've got VAR now. I've got goal line technology. We've got all this, all this, the game moving on. And I'm, I'm, and it, everyone might go, shut up, Jim. It's the best way. But I'm just thinking, it could, could there be a way? Could someone think of a way where they go, you know what? That might be a little bit better than than five people taking penos and then you go sudden yeah. death. So. See, it's it's weird. You look at it, right? And by the way, on that American, I was, when you said it, the American style running from yeah. the halfway line, I would be, as somebody that's played in Egypt, how bad would I be at oh, them? Right. Mate? You'd, like, be, you'd be awful. <laughs> absolutely I put, you, I put you in goal, you that bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, what do I have the biggest problem with? At this stage of the season, let's be honest, 30 minutes extra time is not ideal. Like that is that is far from, from ideal. Yep. Um, the penalty side of it, it seems a cruel way. You know, it seems a cruel way, particularly if you're looking at Chelsea there, where you, Liverpool have not been able to score past Chelsea across two full games, two extra halves, and then all of a sudden you've got your goalkeeper taking a penalty kick to try and decide. It does seem slightly unfair, but at the same time, like I, it is great drama, especially love, as... Don't get me wrong, I love watching them, but I wouldn't want to be in one. I'm, and I'm just thinking out loud, like I said, I was just thinking out loud, is there any other way that anyone could come up with that might, you know, work? It'd be interesting to see if the listeners ever, you know, they've, they've thought of it all. Did you have, uh, did you, either of you have a particular routine? Tank, if you missed your only scene, was that your only senior penalty that you, you missed? What was your routines? Did you have one? Yeah, smash the arse out of it. Stuart what about your penalty that. routine, mate? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was it. That, you know, I just smashed, smashed it. I tried to go into the far corner, left-hand side, and I went dink, dink, turned round. I was like, oh, no. I was going to say, would you have took another one after it, or did it hit you? No, I wouldn't take another one. No, I I missed a couple, and this is obviously in a in a in a three people watching. I missed two pens in one game, and I can't take them anymore. Can't do it. Head's gone. No. No. Did you uh, what? Did you change your mind with the second one? Did it keep getting your head? I can't happened? remember. I think I went the same way twice. Um, both me, and it, it was a nothing game. I think we were winning, winning easy, so it didn't it didn't matter. But psychologically, it broke me. That's it. I can't take them now. Like, <laughs> I played an over 35 team and they're like, right, you take the pen. I'm like, I can't. No, that's, that's, what, that's, that's why he's looking for an alternative way to win games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just selfish reasons. Or what they should do is get one to ten, get the teams to list one to ten of the best penalties and then flip it round so all the rubbish ones go first. Stop first, yeah, a bit of drama. <laughs> uh, right, lads, there was another big game, obviously, at the weekend, um, and Tank, I'll come to you on this one. Uh, City versus West Ham. Um, I'm not going to ask you too much on it because you, uh, uh, you got the times of the game wrong. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, get a WhatsApp a few days. Oh, Tank City! I'm like, what's happening, mate? I'm buying chicken in Marks and Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't know they kicked off at Tim. I didn't know yeah. they kicked off, mate. 
uh, I, I left you a voice note, didn't I? Saying hello, yeah. hello, hello. Hello, and, hello. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, like it's, I suppose it's one of them when you're looking at this game, I, I didn't particularly think City would would slip up. I think it was probably the one where you're looking at it going, look, I, I say all of this, you know, with my Liverpool hat on, I, I do think the league is dead and buried. I don't think City will will, will slip up. But just it, I, I like that it's kept City honest. You know, we're going to take them to the last game, fingers crossed. Um, but, you know, when you look at City's power of recovery in the second half, you've got to tip your hat to them. You know, West Ham are a decent side. They put them under a good bit of pressure. Um, you know, but City found a way to come and get a result. And, and albeit for uh, for the penalty miss in the last couple of minutes, they they probably should have got the, the result that they were after. Yeah, well, I mean, I only seen the, the last 20-odd 20, 20 minutes over it, but we did... <laughs> It just takes me back to to City and Liverpool with the amount of games here because I think City are decimated at the back. Um, you know, they've got a lot of injuries similar. Like, you, you know, you're watching the cup final, Liverpool plays, Fabinho was it against Villa. You know, the, the, the big players who play game in, game out, the kind of the bodies are like saying, look, enough's enough here. And it's happening to City with the likes of Diaz and, you know, Walker. And they're getting a lot of injuries. And... Um, I wasn't surprised when you were saying to me about because West Ham are, you know, they're not a bad side. And I tell you, to be licking the lips. And City played this high line, and they've got Fernandino playing centre half, who's 74 years of age. Now, Dan, Danny Ings and Ollie Watson to be sitting there going, I will get chances against Man City. And this is what we had. Where, by the way, we haven't mentioned this, Mr. Cal, where I called the Real Madrid score. I did call it three. I did call it. And if you're giving chances up, which City do, don't get me wrong, Liverpool do. But I just think, I don't think it's over this title, Jamie. Oh, don't you start, you get me all giddy again. Like I come onto these podcasts and I think the title's done and edit. A couple of words from him and I'm like, hold on, the, the hope is to be fair, mate. I don't, I mate. I don't. You know, Aston Villa caused us big problems, mate. We done well to come away with the win there. They caused big problems. They got in behind our back line. Every time that Villa got the ball, um, one of the commentators after he said they showed you uh, when Liverpool when Liverpool got battered seven one by uh, Villa, everything was just over our back line for Ollie Watkins to run onto. The lads rapid, Danny Ainge's rapid, and Villa's got quality plays. The only thing what lets them down, and I think he's the luckiest boy in football, is Tyrone Minks. You know the back line is awful at Villa, but they will get chances. They will get chances against Man City with that high line with two, possibly two of the quickest centre forwards in the league at the minute. It's not over. Oh Jesus Christ! Right, I'm I'm getting I'm getting giddy now. I've got goosebumps here after that rally and cry <laughs> throughout the tag. Uh, Jib, before we get obviously your predictions for for how the season may pan out, and and like uh, Tank was mentioning that potential Villa game. One thing that I come away from that game with City and West Ham: if you have a penalty and there's a minute to go, a penny a penalty at any time, and Kevin De Bruyne has stood on that pitch. Why is Kevin De Bruyne not taking the penalty? I just, I can't. Is he? Do you think he's got a bit of the Jimmy Max syndrome and he doesn't fancy it or what? No, because I was, I, I saw a tweet someone saying Kevin De Bruyne is meant to be the best player in the Premier League, and then when it comes to crunch time penalties, he's not, he's not taking it, and he went off with a black eye or a bruised eye in the Champions League final last year. So, look, I think Riyad Mahrez is the penalty taker. I think you know you have a designated penalty taker, and he's a des- designated penalty taker uh i think that varies it i think we saw uh jesus take one when we went to watch him but he was on a hat trick so um you know from the penos i've seen mares take you know he's normally unbelievable at him he's, he's very 
left foot top bins. He's, he's, he, he scores under pressure. So, look, these things happen, don't they? I think that's the first one he's missed in, in the... No, actually, did he miss one against Liverpool? Yeah, yeah he, he did. did. He went so top corner. I think he yeah. hit it over the bar, yeah. yeah. He went over. So, you know... Yeah. Normally, you would say get De Bruyne on it, but designated penalty takers, if De, if De Bruyne doesn't fancy it... <laughs> But that's the. I know I said West Ham could do you a favour. I did say West Ham could do you a favour. I don't think Villa will. I think I think Al's right, and they'll get chances. And if Fernandinho's playing, then they're always going to have plenty of chances. But I think with City going forward, I think they'll just they'll they'll do too much for them. But I I I honestly agree as well. Last day last day jitters. Lost, you know, drew midweek. Thought they had it wrapped up. It's going to be a good Sunday, mate. Well, not for, not for, for sure. me. <laughs> no. Not for me and him. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of think if they can just, if Villa can survive the, the I always think of playing like City first goal bingo. So like oh, within the yeah. first 10 minutes, you know, City have scored a goal or two. If they can get through that period and look to frustrate a little bit, like, the, you know, the ridiculous romantic in me is thinking, you know, Stevie slip all those years ago, and is the, the you know he's not going to want to let City win this league in his back garden, is he? So like, no, it, no, it's at it's at um it's at the Etihad, isn't it? Is he at Etihad? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, he's not going to he's not going to want to watch City win the league, is he? So he's gonna he's gonna put a resolute performance. He's gonna he's gonna rile them up to to put in a, a you know a a good stern performance and and see what happens. I think they'll have too much, but you never know. Two things to finish on, right? So, first one, um, well, the last thing is is particularly random, and I just want to get your thoughts on it. But this one, this one is uh, for you, Tank. Um, Mark Noble, special mention to him because I think it seems quite rare in this day and age now that you kind of have these kind of you know one club men, you know these these guys that are at clubs for sustained periods of time. You know, you hear a lot of stories coming out. Not more so than than Declan Rice, who has been incredibly complimentary of Noble, the impact he's had around the club on him personally. Um, you know, he seems a, a really good guy who's pretty much seen it all with with that club. One, what, what, what do you make of, I suppose, the, this this kind of one club man thing, and, and why do you think ten years like that are becoming more of a thing at the past? Well, I'm Mark Noble. I actually played with him and roomed with him for quite a long time when we were at home. when I was on garden leave with Gary Megson. A forest. Your mate Gary. <laughs> yeah, Peter Taylor was the uh, my under twenty England under twenty one manager, and he took me to Hull, and he signed me on loan at Hull, and a certain young Mark Noble come on loan oh, to Hull as well, and we both stayed at the same hotel, and he was he, he's uh, I tell you, he's a credit to himself because he'll be the first to hold his hands up ability wise. He's not like you know one of these outstanding ability with technique and all that, but even when he was a young lad at Hull. And I think he must have been 18 or 19 when he come on loan. Uh, his training, he was always, you know, he'd work his bollocks off in training and he'd train how he played. And he's just a complete credit to himself. And to have 18, is it 18 years? 18, to have any, any, Yeah, anyone who has that amount of time in the top level game, you know, he's a, he's a credit to himself. And he's been an outstanding player in service to West Ham. Um, he's come a long way since that young whippersnapper he was in there. He used to get me my tea and coffee at Hull. 
<laughs> Jim, what, what, why do you think, I suppose, that, you know, you, you're seeing this less and less now, you know, these type of players, um, you know, that, that stay at clubs for so long? Do you think it's just so competitive now that, you know, it's, it's very difficult to kind of last that length of time at, at one club? Yeah, there's so many sort of foreign imports coming in on the cheap as well. I mean, from a Mark Noble perspective, if he had the ability of Declan Rice, do you think he would have stayed at West Ham for 16 years? That's a question I would ask. So, you know, is it is there coincidences or, you know, of things happening? So, let's look at the people who have stayed at clubs for, for you know, a, a long amount of time. Um, you know, Mark Noble, Stevie Gerrard... Jamie Carragher. Now, the difference you've got there is two people that love the club, but you're winning, so they don't need to go anywhere else. And you've got Mark Noble, who's not winning, but maybe isn't good enough to move, so he, he you know, he's a hometown boy, so he stays. That's why I think you don't get it anymore, because it's harder to come through academies and, and get within a club at a top stage. So, you know, people like Marcus Rashford, he might be a one-club player because he's grown up in unless the club then decides to, to, to get rid of him. So I think it's harder to, to break through and stay. But I think if you do break through, the, the better players break through at lower clubs, your Deli Alleys, you know, your Declan Rices, and they then will move to better because they're too good to be playing where they are now. And although they probably would love to stay there, from a career point of view, it's, I don't think it is about money and everyone says it's about money because they're going to make money no matter where they go. Um, they want to win things and that's why I think you just don't get that anymore. Lads, I'm going to finish on a very random one and this could go completely and utterly pear-shaped, right? <laughs> I, seen, uh, I seen something today online and it was clearly a uh, Man United fan uh, on a stag do having to wear a Liverpool kit whilst doing the Ronaldo celebration that everyone seems to be doing these days. So my question to you both is, what's the most random or best prank you've seen on a stag do that you've been on? And who wants to go first? I mean, I'm happy to go first, mate. It's not a prank, yeah, but you, you were there for it, mate. <laughs> go on. So we were in, um, so for my stag do, we were in Berlin tank and we... Um, we're in this um, centre of Berlin. It's called Alexanderplatz. And it's all like, um, you know, bratwurst, little sheds. They're very much like Christmas markets. Um, and they were selling bloody gas masks, of all things. <laughs> <laughs> gas masks. And it, had a, and it had an attachment coming off that, that had a canister. So you can twist the canister off and it just creates sort of a funnel. So the lads bought a gas mask for me. Lay me down on a table with the funnel sticking in the air, got two steins of beer and started tipping the beer through the funnel. And as it's coming in, the gas mask uh, like tight. So the, the, the beer is just coming on my face and it's just sitting there. It's not escaping. And then they keep pouring it in. And I'm trying to drink it more. Yeah, the, the beer is just filling up. So I, I had a I tried to put my hand up to say, look, lads, you're waterboarding. I'm dying. Here. I'm dying. Yeah, I'm dying. So, so when, you, you know, when your mates see you dying, what do they do? Just chuck all of it in. And, all, and there's, there's like eye holes. So you can just see on the on the eye hole, the beer filling up on the eye hole. And then I had to, I had to whip it off. And I said, I was dying. I was literally dead. 
I, I can absolutely vouch that that is exactly what happened, and we can, we can maybe maybe if Jimmy gives us the approval, post a video. Oh, send in the video, it. mate. Yeah, yeah get man. it on. But they, um, the funny thing was, it was an old woman watching who wanted to go. <laughs> she, did, yeah. she was like, "I want to go." Like, she, wanted the, she wanted the gas mask on and wanted to get on the table and be waterboarded. God, God help her husband. What about you, Tag? Yeah, mine's revolving around my old teammate Andy Johnson. It was actually my stag do. I mean, the lad was absolutely—he was. You've heard some of my podcasts with him, Jay, where we spoke about him. He's—he's—he's he's, he's a one-off. Let's just say that. He's still in touch so with him now. I speak to him now and then. Yeah, I spoke to him about yeah. six months ago. He's um, yeah. put it this way: if he was not playing, if he was, yet. <laughs> if he was playing in today's game, he'd be jail, he'd be, he'd be regularly in, uh, in jail because I mean he was just <laughs> off the charts. So I've got like on my stag do we just get to the airport and everyone's waiting and John was on the plane drinking, trying to get as many sorry lads, I just trying to get as many beers as he can and like he'd been drinking two days before because we're going on the stag do. We said we'll all come to uh, come to Liverpool. I, I owned a couple of pubs in Liverpool, so we'll have a few beers there. So lo and behold. Uh, we're flying out on a Friday and John O turned up in Liverpool Wednesday. And you're like, mate, we're, we're meeting Friday. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, let's go for a pint now. And I'm like, it's Wednesday. <laughs> so he's in Liverpool and we're trying. So anyway, cut a long story short, he's he's absolutely obliterated getting on the plane. How we got on the plane, we don't know. So we're all waiting there, getting our cases off the, you know, the the belts, what comes round. Yeah, the yeah, like my uncle and my dad are there. They're the sensible ones. And like there's Dave Bessent and all of them. Nigel Jensen, there's quite a few. Uh, Mark Crossley and all that. There's quite a few lads there. So like, John, we can't find we can't find Jono anywhere at all. So next minute, the alarm starts going off in the airport. And we're like, it's Jono. So Jono comes, Jono comes round on the belt like that. <laughs> with suitcases and he comes in and you can see all the fellas outside who's throwing the cases on honestly so he's, he's caused absolute chaos uh, how's he got onto that has he gone outside to get on it or what no one knows mate because like he's just me our fellas like where's, the, where's this where is he and I'm like he's there he's alright and the next minute we're all looking for him we're like we're all waiting our cases waiting to get on the bus can't find John, and then you're there, woo! And then here he, he's lying down like that, flat, like the Undertaker. <laughs> uh, listen, some of the stuff what he done during the stag do is he refused to get a wash, refused to brush his teeth, refused, and then he's coming out and like, yeah, yeah, just and then he was standing. Nigel Jensen hates all stuff like that, so the oh, whole stag do he's standing, standing, <laughs> he's standing next to Gemmo and like Jono's got long hair and he's a good looking boy like back in the day as well he's got long hair like and it's greasy it's got everything food in it because he'd, he'd have food like rubber in his hair and he oh was big God. shit his breath was un and he'd just stand next to Gemmo and just be burping in his face and oh, <laughs> oh honestly, no. but I can't tell mo I, I can't tell most I can't tell most of the stuff what went on in that stag do with Jono but <laughs> it was good it was good it was good it was good only went the Isle man as well by the way it was unbelievable <laughs> Won't be allowed back. Yeah. <laughs> no. Wanted pictures up. I love yeah. it. Right, lads. Uh, that's enough from us. Tank, Jim. A pleasure as always. Cheers, boys. Been a pleasure, uh, boys. Good stuff. Right. Um, everybody, uh, thank you as always for uh, for all the feedback back that you've been sending us. Um, it's great to see that we've got so many new listeners coming through. If you don't mind, I know I say this each week, but if you don't mind just leaving us a little review uh, wherever you get your podcasts um, or, or a rating, uh, it'll just help 
uh, spread the word of the podcast. Um, we are also putting videos out on YouTube. So if you fancy giving us a watch, uh, a watch on there, you can see Jimmy's great looking tan. He's looking fantastic. Uh, looking. I mean, you've got the whitest teeth in podcasting history. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. Right. You're not wrong, mate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, give us a give us a check out on uh, on YouTube and subscribe if you haven't already. With that, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Look after yourselves, and we'll be back with you next week on the Boot Room Podcast. All the best. 